Hey, Pod People, this is Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. It's another community spotlight episode of Pod People's Podcast for people who make podcasts. I'm Stephanie Pachara, a matchmaker here at Pod People and host of this spotlight episode. I had the chance to speak with Natalie Rivera, a strong producer and Pod People community member who has been a part of a lot of great projects in the last couple of years, including her own sex positive podcast, a bilingual project with Himalaya, and a woman's health podcast with Spotify. But maybe most interestingly, she shares how her career was inspired by watching a classic early aughts movie. Let's join the convo as Natalie explains. I wanted to be a magazine editor because I saw 13 going on 30 when I was 13. I was like, that looks like fun. I want to do that. And then when I actually, you know, went to school, like, you know, was uh, applying for colleges or was like getting classes, I realized that you need a journalism degree. And that means you're going to have to write for the school newspaper. Or you're going to have to take classes on journalism and law. And I did that. And I realized, you know, I'm not sure I want to be a magazine editor anymore. I definitely want to be a journalist. But that's basically the reason why I decided I wanted to be a journalist, period, was because I saw that movie when I was 13. And I was like, that looks like a lovely lifestyle. I want that. And from there, I mean, I was freelance writing for a bit for women's lifestyle websites. And then I got an opportunity to work at Pop Sugar uh, as a video producer. I had oh, never nice. done anything like that before, but they wanted someone who had experience writing for women's lifestyle. Okay. And so they hired me on. I learned how to write a video script really quick. And I did that for about three years. And during that time, I never thought of doing video like working using video in journalism and storytelling and any of that, you know, never really occurred to me. I just assumed I'd be a writer. And I was like, this is really great. This is a really great format medium to do this. But it still wasn't fulfilling. And then I think it was 2015 when I listened to my first episode of Radio Lab. Mm. And I was like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> I was like, this is how I want to tell a story. I don't think I want to tell a story with an article or with a video. Like this is how I want to tell a story. And then since then I was like, I'm going to do it. One day I'm going to switch from video to audio. I left Pop Sugar after three years to join Attention, which is another digital media company. And there I also did video production. And during that time, I was debating whether to start this one podcast about immigration. Mm. And I had a name and I, I was like, I'm going to do this. But I decided not to because I mean, it was just a lot of work. Right. And I also was kind of doing stories on similar topics at my day job. So to do that and then after work, work on something again, another serious hard topic was like, wow, I, I don't think I can do that. So then in, I don't know, I think in 2018, I came up with the idea of my own podcast, a sex positive podcast. I love that. I came across an article. Yeah, I came across an article about people with dwarfism and how they uh, have sex. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I wonder how people with this or that or who they do this and that I wonder how they have sex. And from there, yeah, I decided to to just go ahead and do it. I started producing some episodes, scripting, booking, interviewing people in the fall of 2019. And then 2020 happened. I got really busy at work. But then the pandemic happened and I had a lot of time on my hands. And I was like, I'm going to dedicate my time to this 
seriously. And I did. I was able to actually launch my podcast during the pandemic that caught the attention of some other companies, podcasting companies. And I got some freelance work. And yeah. And then I guess that's really how I got into audio. That was a really long (laughs) winded answer. No, but no, that's amazing. I feel like going back to like starting your own podcast, you know, as an independent podcaster myself, I also have a sex positive podcast. So I related, you know, so much to that. How did you get started with that? Like, how did you promote and grow your audience? Because you have a really good following as well. Yeah. So, man, I think uh, definitely just Instagram, you know, thankfully I have friends who are in marketing, so I talk to them about it. I've never really had an interest in marketing and social media as well, really. I feel like I don't have a brand. I've never wanted to have a brand. So I really used my resources. I went to my friends who have experience in this and I asked them, like, what should I do? And at first I thought, like, I don't know if an Instagram will really market a podcast. Like, how do you do podcast marketing? You know, it's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who's done it for five years, it's it's definitely super tricky. Yeah. Like, what is the social media platform that really helps elevate your podcast? So I, you know, decided to just start with like Instagram because I felt at that time everyone was just on Instagram. People were relying on Instagram for so much. I mean, they still do. I do feel like people are getting sick of Instagram. It's kind of dying. Yeah, it's kind of dying. I mean, like (laughs) I'm on TikTok. I don't make content on TikTok. I'm just there to be entertained. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm on there, I see a lot of people just complain about Instagram. And I'm just like, yeah, I think Instagram is a platform that doesn't really make me feel good, actually. So I don't even know why I'm on there. But I definitely am on there to promote my podcast. So I started with Instagram and I realized, you know, I think the best way to maybe promote this is to really tap into the sex positive community there and make just like very sex positive content there. So I actually make all of the posts every single day. Like I make all the posts and I'm not saying that I'm a, I'm not a graphic artist. Like I don't draw them myself, but it looks amazing though. Like I'm shocked that you said that you're not in social media marketing because looking at your Instagram, uh, the show's Instagram was phenomenal. It looked really well thought out and everything. So good job on that. Thank you on that. I mean, I I was just like, you know what, I'm going to use some I, I need some tools to help me kind of just like create stuff. So I decided to get like an account on Adobe Spark. And then I just started playing around there. And then I was just like, okay, I think this will be good. And I shared it. And yeah, I was just really surprised by just how many people were gravitating towards the content. Also, I mean, something else too, that I absolutely need to give credit to. One of my close friends who is in marketing, she actually has an online feminist website called Fembot, which has, okay. yeah, has been around for some years now. And so she, at first, we decided that she would be promoting our page on her website's Instagram, right? So we definitely got a lot of followers from that. But I do think also it's definitely the content because, you know, she doesn't promote it anymore. I think she promoted maybe half of the first season. I don't even remember. But like, really, I just was like, I need to stay consistent. Like, I need to just keep creating more and more posts. It's consistency for sure. Yeah. So Instagram really has been great in promoting my podcast. And I think it also has to do with the topic as well, because it's sex. I was going to say it's a sex positive podcast. But what I love about yours is that it's so interesting it's not just like the vanilla like what you expect from a sex podcast like you really dive into like different stories from different backgrounds and different types of people like it's it's amazing like and that's my next question like how do you find those type of specific stories and those people like how do you go about booking them how do you go about even coming across these situations 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of the topics are questions I had myself, really. So uh, going back to when I came up with the idea for the show, I came across an article by The Atlantic about a sex coach who uh, has dwarfism. And she was just Mm -hmm. talking about the difficulties that people with dwarfism have when it comes to sex. For example, some of them, their arms are too short to reach their genitalia. And I was just like, oh, wow, I had never thought of that. And so from there, my I guess the ball started rolling or however the saying goes. And yeah, I was just you know, walking to work one day and I saw a homeless person sleeping on a bench. And I was just like, oh, I wonder how they, they obviously don't have any privacy. Like how are their sexual needs met? Mm. So a lot of like the questions that I've had is just me just observing things and just being like, oh, I wonder how do they have sex? I love that because you include everybody onto your podcast. It's not just like the basic cis, you know, gender roles. It's everyone. So I loved it. I loved just even reading through the titles of the shows and the episodes. I was just fascinated. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, going back to your question about booking, I mean, a couple of the people that I interviewed are people that I have come across in my career that I have like spoken to for stories that I've done in the past, maybe like a couple, like one or two, but also just I really used Facebook groups a lot, sex positive Facebook group. There was one I forgot the name, like Sex Positive Universe or something. Mm -hmm. It's actually not there anymore because Facebook's algorithm just wasn't promoting their stuff, allowing them to really post stuff. So it doesn't really exist anymore. I think it exists as an app now, but I I haven't signed up for it. But that Facebook group really helped me out. I think I got like two or three guests from that group. Mm. Just using the skills that I learned as a journalist before, like writing for websites or, you know, writing for videos, researching, using Facebook groups, going on Twitter. I've gotten people on Twitter. I've like put in keywords and really looked through all the tweets. But also something that I definitely suggest is uh, looking for people who basically want to be found. I think uh, right now, well, I think for a while, people have been really promoting their own brands. Like they're just like, you know what? I have a story. The story needs to be shared and it could potentially be a TikTok one day. And that has definitely been the case for some of the people that I've booked. For example, Amy Gravino, who I did an episode with about being an autistic woman and how she navigates sex. Mm. I found her because I was just like, I wonder if someone did a TikTok about sex and autism. And I was just like, let's see. So I just, you know, put those words into uh, YouTube. So interesting. Yeah. And then I found it. I mean, she was the only one. She truly was the only one who was doing that. Maybe that's changed uh, since, <laughs> since then. But she was the only one doing that and I was like cool all right there's this woman who did like this TED talk and this one place let me see if she has a website she does she does write about this she has a blog she's someone who writes about this and has this information wants to share it and she wants to be found so I find that really helpful like also like going on YouTube and finding people who just want to talk about it I mean a lot of people are sharing their stories on TikTok which is another place where I found people like people sharing their stories love TikTok yeah TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or on YouTube maybe they put up a blog like this is what sex is like with bipolar disorder you know Mm. I think that's really important just realizing that I think we're living in an age where people really love storytelling and they really want to share because they really think that it can be helpful for other people and it can be and being like there's got to be someone out there I am so inspired just by everything that you're saying like I'm just taking it all in thank you for sharing your knowledge and everything about that 
So yeah, I'm really interested now segueing into CityCast. You work with CityCast. What do you do there? What is it like? And yeah, tell us more about it. Yeah, sure. So I was hired by CityCast back in May. I started in May as a utility producer, like a floating mm-hmm. producer. I think like my title was just like audio producer, really. So uh, CityCast is a podcasting network, and it was actually started by David Plotz from Political Gap Fest. He was an editor for Slate Magazine. He has been podcasting for quite a while. His podcast, which is also by Slate, is pretty successful. And so he started a podcasting startup, which is basically the idea is to have a show, a local daily news show in every kind of major city. So when I was hired on, they only had Denver and Chicago. And we've actually only had We've only had our shows for six months now. Mm. We're a very, very new company. So I think our shows have only been, you know, actually pumping out content every day for about six or seven months. Uh, So I was actually employee number 12 when I was hired. And basically, they wanted me to work with both teams. So like spend a month with one team, spend a month with another team, switch between teams whenever there is someone taking a vacation, someone sick, whenever they need an extra pair of hands. So that's really what I was doing there. And I'm, I'm still doing that. I actually recently got promoted to a development producer. Amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Because we are growing really fast. I know that when I started, the idea was like, we want to launch eight more cities by the end of the year. We are really working hard to launch these new cities. And so because I am a producer that works with both teams and I have like an understanding of how both teams work, what they do different, what works for them, what doesn't, what maybe one city can learn from the other city. They thought that maybe it would be useful to have me in the development process when it comes to these new shows. So it's going to be a lot of just like, from my understanding, it's going to be a lot of just like working with these new cities, figuring out like, what's your voice? What is the best way to make a daily podcast where we're not, you know, working 12 hours a day, but we're really creating amazing content that isn't going to burn you guys out. And I did not think, well, job listings for CityCast in general, just like we're a new company, producers, come work with us, you know. I didn't apply at first because I saw that they only had a Denver and Chicago show. And I'm like, I don't live in those cities, so I don't think they would want me. But then I had a friend who I actually worked with at Spotify. I was at Spotify for a little bit working on a docuseries. And she was just like, I think you should really look into this. Like, you know, do it, like apply. So I did. And yeah, I was surprised by like just how great of a opportunity it was. You know, it didn't matter that I didn't live in those cities. They wanted someone who can work with both cities, who can bounce around, who can really just like not only help them, not only produce shows, you know, because I'm still producing stories there, but also identify the kind of things that we can work on, the things that we can improve, the things that are working for us already and maybe the other city can adopt. So yeah, it's been a really great opportunity. And it's also like such a, it's a really great company. Amazing. They are truly amazing. And they're pumping out new shows for all these new cities. So if anyone is in like Salt Lake City, Philly, we have a list of all these new cities that we're hoping to launch within the next year. So if anyone's interested, please like go check out CityCast. They are a great show. Definitely. Yeah, and we'll have links below as well, too. So I mean, you're doing such incredible things. I'm so happy for you. And we're so happy for you to be in our community. If you could give us, you know, like your experience with pod people and how long you've been with the community and and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I credit my own podcast, like me just starting my own podcast 
for like helping me make the switch from video and audio. But I definitely absolutely have to credit Pod People because Pod People was actually where I got my first podcasting gig, like my first paid podcasting、oh, gig. Yeah, with Himalaya. Yeah. So、uh, I worked on a show, a bilingual show, so an English version of it and a Spanish version of it for Rosy Mercado, who is an amazing woman. She's a plus size model. She's a TV personality. So yeah, I had heard of Pod People before, and during the pandemic, when I had so much more time to really work on my podcast, I you know worked on it. I like produced maybe an episode or two, and I thought you know what maybe I should check Pod People out, join the community, and yeah, and thankfully within that week, you guys had an opportunity for me that you guys thought I would be perfect for because you know I had video experience and I also am bilingual, and、right. yeah, you guys really helped me get my first gig, and then from there I just started getting more opportunities. I got an opportunity with Spotify. I got an opportunity with Everything Is Fine with Kim France and Jennifer Romolini, which is an amazing show. And yeah, I mean the community has been awesome, and I definitely do credit you guys for like helping me make that switch and really helping me launch my audio career. Amazing, Natalie. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us and tell us about your career and your journey and your podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Natalie has it figured out and is living her own thirteen going on thirty inspired adventure. Don't forget to check out our shows listed in the show notes. And just like Natalie, don't ever stop being curious. On next week's episode of Pop People's Podcast for people who make podcasts, you'll hear from our amazing new director of community, Jasmine Hammond. The way that I think of community, it is a living, breathing vessel. It is an opportunity for people of diverse backgrounds to come together and to share their experiences and wisdom. I think a community is only truly a community when it is self-sufficient and can live on its own. The Pop People team is Rachel King, Anne Fuse, Matt Sav, Andrea Perez, Ashton Carter, Isabel Genius, Amy Machado, Alec Vicmanis, Jasmine Hammond, Danielle Roth, Sammy Reed, Stephanie Bachara, Madison Lesby, Brian Rivers, and Andy Bosnack. This podcast is edited by Katie Clarkson and mixed and engineered by Andy Bosnack. All links mentioned in this episode are always listed in the show notes. If you haven't found us on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn yet, what are you waiting for? And for our community members, don't forget to join our newly revamped moderated discussion platform, the Pop People Circle. To access the Pop People Circle, hear about jobs, and attend Pop People events, join the Pod People community. Go to podpeople.com/join to become a Pod People community member for free. Sorry, can I curse on here? I didn't even ask you. I'm okay with cursing, but we may have to edit that out. But that's okay. <laughs>